FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We got a good one today, and uh, I'm going to let my co-host tell you why we are doing this specific one. But thank you to the folks at Liat. Thank you to Scott, Decal Works, Maxis, uh, Guts Racing, all on board with us. Uh, Liat. Uh, you've seen the, the uh, Solitaire guys wear the Liat all year long and look really, really good. Thank you to those guys. When it comes to choosing a riding kit, a quality pair of boots is one thing you should invest in. As key points of contact to your bike, it's essential that your feet, as well as your ankles and shins, stay comfy and protected. The Liat 5.5 Flex Lock Boot, Flex Lock boot was a three-year project with uh, development from our own Chris Kiefer. Designed with outstanding comfort and a grip optimization with unique features like auto-locking one-way sliding closure for a great seal at the top of the boot. Please check that out. When it comes to boots, gear, helmets, neck braces for moto, for mountain bike, liat.com. We'll send you a code. If you email us using the contact form on pulpamex.com, we will send you a code to save at liat.com. L-E-A-T-T.com. Liat.com. Thank you to those guys. Uh, Scott Goggles, our guy Johnny Knowles. Scott Sports has been providing the best in goggle technology in all motorsports disciplines for over 50 years. Scott's a global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been proud to support racing from grassroots all the way to the top step of MX Supercross and off-road. Guys like PC, Jason Anderson, Caleb Russell, Chad Weenan, all of them using Scott goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA, and we'll tell you more about Maxis, Decal Works, and Guts later on, but I want to welcome my co-host on here. As per usual, from RaceRex Online, he's the voice of the Motocross Nationals. It's Jason Wagon. What's up, Weech? Yeah, this is fun. I, I didn't – it kind of ties into uh, current history, but really in a hilarious sense, as you'll get from our guest who's not taking this record seriously at all. Uh, but good for him. Jeff Ward, legend. You know, you and I at our age definitely grew up with Wardy as one of the superstars of the sport. Mm-hmm. And hilariously, as Jet Lawrence jets off to win the first of his career – our statistician, Clinton Fowler, identifies, well, it's happened one other time that a guy's moved into what was then the 250 motocross class, now the 450 motocross class, and won the first four motos in his first season in the class, and it was Jeff Ward. Mm-hmm. So we decided, let's talk to Wardy about those first four motos, and this is the 1985 season. Now, look, it is different than Jet. They did not have 125 Supercross when Wardy was coming through. It actually, the 125 Supercross class started in 85, and by then, Wardy's established. He's not going to race that class. As Wardy will tell us here, he had been racing, what, 1978? He started 250 Supercross. <laughs> yes. Just uh, insane. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. He was basically 16 or 18 or whatever, four foot nothing. Like turn pro. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, Steve, there probably weren't, there weren't even Supercross tracks to like practice on, right? So it's just yep. go to the gate. You've never ridden a track like this. Here's Bob Hanna. He's a man. You're 16. <laughs> Good luck. Um, they didn't yeah. have the 125 class. So the point here is Ward had won races. 250 raced to 250 many many times um and supercross 
I'm sure Golden States, local races, you name it, he'd probably done a thousand races on a 250 um, before going 1-1-1-1 in the first four AMA 250 motocross race of his career. Jet's situation's a little different. Mm-hmm. Jet raced the nations last year, and that's really it. But whatever, a record's a record, and a record is a record. Wordy's 4-0, so enjoy some stories about that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, to me, it, it is different, but you can't, Yeah, you know, it's also a 454-stroke versus a 252. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of differences, but to me, it, it is what it is. It, uh, you know, when you look at the um, you look at NFL records, um, you know, they used to play 14 games, and they talk about, you know, Dan Fouts did these numbers in 14 games, and then Dan Marino did these in 16, and now – um, you know, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing them in a 17 game season. Obviously, there's differences, and obviously, but it is what it is. And uh, there was no 125 class, and Wardy was in 250s. And I don't know, it's it's a record to me. Like I, I I get it, it's not the same, but it is the same to me. If you know what I mean, like I'm treating it the same way. Yeah, well, I think you have to. I mean, numbers right. are numbers. If you start trying to slice them in a certain way, I mean, uh-huh. it is what it is. First four motos that Wardy raced this class in this series, he won. Yep. Same with Jet. Um, you know, and it was difficult even on the show at Pala to say, you know, it's Jet's first first fifty race, and it's like, how many times can I say Buddy raced it at the Nations last year? Yeah. You know, I think I said it six times, and of course somebody hit me up on DM and it's like, hey, he raced it at the Nations last year. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry I only said it six, six out of the twelve yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um so same thing with Wardy. Yes, he had raced two fifty supercross, but Really, the point is, it's just an excuse to get Wardy on the phone. Mm-hmm. These guys from this era are just fantastic storytellers. This is, I try not to be the um, uphill to school both ways, guys, but this is when men were men, Steve. There's no doubt. Yeah, and Wardy's going to tell us about that, too. These guys it's were insane. Osho and, and, and Wardy and Hannah, yeah, RJ, they, they're just animals. And, um, and and they went about it a different way than than even we do now today in society, um, and it, it shows that's for sure. Uh, this is um, halfway through. I, may, I I we already talked to Wardy, and I made a I made a comment about him already being a Supercross champion, but it really wasn't. This was um, uh, in the middle of the season. Gainesville was in March, and then Hangtown was not far after. The season was split uh, back for a long, long time. But this was really '85. This was the year of Ward. He at the end of this year. He had won Supercross, uh, a little controversial, as we'll explain in the in the interview with Wardy, and then he dominated this with the Nationals. And the '86 season was the first year that the now they split uh, six 250s and six 500s. But this '85 year, as we talked about with JoJo, uh, uh, this was the last year of all three classes. And at the end of 1985, Jeff Ward was the best rider in the world. Yeah, because not only you win the, these two classes, obviously you're the man. You win the 250 Supercross, 250 Motocross title. That's one thing. But also at Donations, I believe he had the best performance. Um, I think Dogger did pretty good on the 125. But I think Morty might have won both motos overall on the 250. Um, and, um, I think it was Geldorf. No, I think Thorpe won. They mixed them. They didn't ride two separate classes. They mixed them. Yeah, this is 85 was a big deal for donations. Maybe we got to cover that in this show someday. Yeah. 85 was the first year of trophy donations is gone, right? Yep. And combining all three bikes into the same event. Yeah, I think was it was a, 85 started it, it, that. It was a back row with 60 bikes, back row yes. start. Everybody um, on the track at the same time. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. Um, and I yeah. think I think Thorpe won. I think Thorpe won this is the two races. I don't know, but anyways, uh again on a track that was super fast and hard pack, Wardy on a 250. Um yeah. But yeah, he was. I just know Bailey did not win his class, but um, Wardy won his. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could be. Oh, I'm seeing it right here. Let's see here. 
Uh, I want to thank the folks at Maxis. I don't know if you heard about this new tire Maxis has, Weege, but our mm-hmm. guy A-Ray is out on it. Uh, it is a soft to intermediate, intermediate to hard terrain. They got a scoop now. Maxis has joined the scoop parade. And, of course, Jeremy McGrath uh, tested these and backed this up with his expertise. Grip, stability, and predictability that surpasses all others. Available now at local Maxxis dealer, shop.maxxis.com. Love the Maxxis mountain bike tires as well. And uh, Maxxis MX Series, a gift from the science nerds to the Moto Kids. Yes, and uh, we got some cool videos in there if you want to watch um, our man Kenny Day riding uh, and tell him about the tire and comparing it to the oh, Dunlops okay. that people are probably used to. So, yeah, check it out. Our guy Kiefer. Yeah, that's his uh, right-hand man sometimes. Love Kenny Day. Good job on the Maxis tire video if you want to watch that on the Racer X YouTube. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, 85, uh, two, two moto format and Supercross. Really super weird. Uh, but, yeah, Wardy won that. And then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. I remember, you know, again, being a kid and Wardy won the 84 125s. And when Wardy won the outdoors, like, I don't think I was surprised. I don't remember. I remember thinking, yeah, like, he's – it wasn't a big deal to me as a fan. Like, yeah, he's he's a bad dude. And Wardy winning, I mean, obviously he beat O'Mara. The defending champion was RJ. Bob Hanna was there. Goat Brecker. Uh, you know, there was uh, Jim. our guy Jim Hawley um, is in the mix. Yep. But I don't remember being like, yeah. I remember just being like, yeah, Wardy's – it's not a surprise. Yeah, because he had won the 125 title the year before. Yeah. Won some Supercrosses the year before. Yeah, he's no slouch. Honestly, Wardy for a long, long time, I mean, he kind of was the original standard, I feel, of like longevity in the sport, you know, staying up there good every year for maybe a longer span than anyone else mm-hmm. at this point. Now we've got, you know, Eli Tomac at 31, could have, should have, would have been a supercross champ. But for his era, I feel like Wardy yeah. really stretched how long you could be good. So it never seemed crazy, Wardy winning any title or any race. No. But I will say this, Steve, when you go back and zoom out and see how dominant Honda actually was in this time, it actually, Wardy's even more impressive than I thought. Because, okay, I think from 82 to 96, Wardy is the only Supercross champ not in a Honda. That's insane, dude. Yeah, when you That's put it, 15 years. Yeah, when you put it that way, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. It yeah. seemed, oh yeah, Ward won a Supercross title. It's Jeff Ward, of course. Yeah. And then you look back, you're like, wait, every guy not in a Honda didn't win that title <laughs> except him. That's... yeah. Jeez. Unreal. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's even even different. And of course, uh, eighty seven and eighty eight, it was just Wardy and RJ, just on top of yep. the world, right? Switching yep. off titles, uh, yep. basically, just the only reason one guy would would lose would be a DNF at somewhere or another. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a real special time, and Wardy was really coming into his own. Um, and I think that eighty five works bike was really good, and Wardy will Wardy will touch it touch on that a little bit too. We could not find – this is the first four motos as a key here to mm-hmm. this show, and I can't find Hangtown, which is round two that year, anywhere uh, on YouTube. But the Gainesville race, the opener, is – and I'll tell you, it's weird. I don't know if you feel this way when you watch these old videos, Steve. I feel like when you watch old Supercross videos, they look shockingly slow. You know, the bikes are yeah. terrible yeah. compared to what we have now, and the tracks are probably pretty bad too. You watch this video of uh, Wardy at Gainesville. He looks like he's ripping to me. Yep. It doesn't look bad at all. No, I'm with you. Absolutely. Uh, they get out of shape. Their feet are off. They're pinning it, right? Yep. yep. Um, yeah, they're going for it. They're, they're, there's some there's some speed. I'm with you 100%. They, they, look, yeah. they look really good. Uh, you by the way, Supercross, and there's like routine doubles that they can't even do, and you're just yeah. like, that's the state of the game, you know, 40 <laughs> years ago. But outdoors, man, they're hauling. So <laughs> as we tape this, we're coming into Lakewood, depending on when you listen to this, so we don't know how Jet's going to do this weekend. Uh, Wardy, by my estimation – uh, Wardy led every every single lap at the opener, 1-1. Uh, 
He led every lap but three in the first moto at Hangtown. It looks like Burnworth led a little bit. Burnworth was a whole shot master. And then Wardy will every every other lap. And then in the second moto, O'Mara leads five or six laps. And then Wardy takes off. So, theoretically, going into Lakewood, Jet has been a little better than Wardy by laps led. Because uh, Jet's okay. led every single one. Um, slight but, edge. Yeah, slight edge to Jet leading every single lap. Wardy leading every lap, but maybe seven or eight. So, um, yeah, just <laughs> if you want to you know, break it down. Wardy had to ride a qualifier, too, at Gainesville because uh, he was not in this class the year before. So he also won the qualifier on Sunday morning uh, uh, in Gainesville as well. So, um, yeah, remember those days where wow. qualifier – like Ricky had to do a qualifier? Uh, it, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah. like the rules are the rules, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ricky had to do a qualifier at Gainesville in 97. Like, I remember being like, oh, he's on his qualifier. So, um, wow. Yeah, a race, a race Sunday morning before the races. Um, all right. Uh, also, thanks to the folks at Guts Racing. Love those guys at Guts. Pulpamex 23 is the code to save. NorCal Company, uh, speaking of Hangtown, and uh, complete seats, seat foams, seat covers, vintage stuff, modern stuff, Phantom Lightweight seat covers, uh, all of it at Guts Racing. Use the code to save. Pulpamex 23. Thank you to Guts. Uh, great guys, Andy and everybody up there as well. Um, all right, you ready for the Wardy interview, Weech? Let's do it. All right, here's uh, Jeff Ward talking about Gainesville 85, a little Hangtown, a little injury stuff, a little Bomber, and more uh, on the Liat Reraceables. All right, now on the line, the man to uh, to talk to us about his great start to the 85-250 Nationals, a great season as well, multi-time champion. Jeff Ward, what's up, Wardy? How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks How about for, you guys? We're good. Thanks for coming on the Lee at Reraceables. So as we talked about off the top, uh, you didn't really know this, but yeah, you're tied with Jet right now, Jet Lawrence, for the uh, the best start to the 250-450 motocross career. Shoot, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm relevant 38 years later, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> for, I love that you didn't even, a, you know, you didn't know for that. For a week, for a week, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it could be over this weekend as soon as I'm getting my seven my seven days of fame here. Yeah, before it's, before, before it's over again. Yeah, you went you went three two oh. you went three two in Vegas at round three. So the 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 streak was over at round three. And I like Jet Lawrence to probably win again this weekend. So yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good bet. Um, yeah, I, I mean even Vegas, I had an opportunity. I think it went two three actually. Okay. Yep. I got second behind Ricky the first moto, and I was I believe leading the second moto. And I, it was like that sand track out in the middle of the desert. And my front counter shaft got like a ton of sand in it and it just locked up. So with about three or four laps, I had to jump off the bike and grab the wheel and try to back it, you know, the other way to get it out. <laughs> just grabbing the spokes, you know, and doing like a clean yep. on the, on the Jeez. weight set. And then, uh, Ricky got by me and Hannah got by me. And then I got going and got Hannah back for, I think it was second or maybe Hannah beat me and I got third. I'm not even, but, um, yeah, it was a hot day that day too. Yeah. So that kind of ruined that little streak, but still got <laughs> second overall. But it um, was a good year. Yeah, you you uh, you won the eighty four one twenty five title, of course. Jumped into eighty five two fifty Supercross. You won that. Uh, so you were you know on a roll. And I mean, look, you're you're you were one twenty five guy forever. You're shorter. We know that. Uh, but that eighty five season, um, what it was really magical. I mean, I guess in my mind, I'm thinking you're coming into Gainesville. And just being like, yeah, like I can win this championship. Like I can beat these guys. I mean, we know 500s had a couple guys, Brock and David, 
Yeah. It was you and Johnny, but the two fifties were generally more stacked. Yeah, we had Hannah and uh RJ, um, you know, a few other the kind of the semi factory guys in there to where the five hundreds were just two guys. Yeah. Um, basically, and then uh the one twenty fives were just like the younger kids. So I mean it's different maybe today a little bit than it was back then, but um RJ is a champion, Osho is a champion, Hannah's a multi champion. Yeah. So I was racing against guys that already won that class and were, you know, or championships at least in in the outdoor season. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, same guys basically minus, you know, David and Brock. You, uh, and also too, after battling Osho, like 83, 84, now he moves up too. And you're just like, ah, this guy again. <laughs> yeah, well, it happened in uh, Supercross too, right? He won right. the '84 championship, and then I beat him and won the '85. So, really, for like since '82 on, we were kind of the guys that kind of came up. Now we're it took a while to get going because you know we didn't have the opportunity to ride in the lights class for four years before we moved up to the 250 Supercross. We had to my first year in '78 at Anaheim. You know, I had to go to the 250 class and qualify with. Smith, Hannah, you know, Brad Lackey, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you name it. Um, they're on the gate, and here you are, some kid with, you know, your voice is still squeaking, and you're lined up against <laughs> heroes. So a little bit different of trying to get your feet wet and get confidence um, to where now these guys can. These bikes are so good. They come in. It's like when I went from my 250s to 500. All it was, it's the same bike. It's just you just need to respect the power just a little bit, but your style's the same, and cornering's the same and your training's the same so mm-hmm. um it, but if you had to jump in nowadays from the amateur ranks straight into the the 450 class um and line up with the guys they have now you'd be getting 12th place you know just because mm-hmm. of not having the experience and just being shell-shocked of who you're racing against yeah so that's... yeah the, the, so those years yeah, yeah so those years like 83 84 with johnny we were back and forth i mean i was just looking at the the results in 85, you know, and in 84, of course, it was just Johnny and I won eight out of the 10, but he was second every time and I was second. And then even in the 250 class, it was, you know, I was first all the way through, I think, Red Bud. I only got one second. That's why I won six out of 10. And then Johnny was second most of the time, between, you know, besides RJ throwing in a, a race win or something. And mm-hmm. uh, so we were, yeah, both pretty big rivals back then. And, that year was still the same. It's weird. I actually think of you and Johnny as, as kind of similar in ways and the camaraderie, maybe it's in the past now because that's like, you guys are the same era. So maybe that's why, or were you actually pretty cool with each other, even when you were at each other's throats, you know, in the moment, or is it something like, I think of you now as buddies. Was it like that then? No, not at all. No, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know Johnny at all. Cause he would, he raced up at, you know, up at, uh, up kind of the Northern tracks at, um, Northern. Indian dunes yeah. and, and I was Carlsbad Saddleback, and you kind of stayed in your own area. I mean, I raced six days a week down here with mini bikes at night race to Orange County, Irwindale. So I never really saw Johnny until like Golden States a couple times. And, you know, we, we battled and then kind of split ways. And then the Nationals came, and I was a year ahead, maybe a Johnny. Um, not sure because Myers Cough and guys that I knew more. So, and then all of a sudden we just became like a 125 specialists you know for some reason and we were just going back and forth back and forth but yeah we almost came fist to cuffs a few times um <laughs> and never really talked or got along um kind of the same with rj maybe even more so once 
85 on. Yep. Um, so it was never, there's really never any uh, friendships with the, you know, with other guys besides maybe my teammates that, um, <laughs> that I didn't feel that were a threat, <laughs> of course, <Yeah. laughs> you know, chick, chicken and I mean, dogger. Yeah, of course he could win any race he went, but as for a championship, I, you know, training wise, I felt comfortable that, you know, I had a good chance there besides the 500s, anything. I mean, he could ride that 500 better than anybody. It was just whether he was uh, 100 per, or I would say by maybe 80% ready to go that weekend. <laughs> I don't think he was ever 100%, but if he was 80%, you're in big trouble. And most of the time he was only about 60%. So <laughs> depending on how big a week he had, yeah. you know, so, and it wasn't a training week. I know that, but so Dogger's a great Dogger's a great friend right now. And yep. I mean, always has been. I love the guy. And even RJ, I talked to him yesterday. He just had surgery on his knee replacement. And then just text him this morning, see how he's doing. And, you know, even back when, you know, my heart thing and when I'm injured. So we get along great. And, you know, he's just kind of, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. He's just like, you know, this means so much being rivals and whatnot. And to be able to, you know, you're calling me, he says it means more than you know. And so we've always... The motocross the nations helped too. We raced quite a few times and we kind of come together and, and, and you know, we, we had the same lifestyle and that was all we did. We respected each other, but yeah, we never really hung out. Well, there's, say, maybe. there's the ultimate story that you told us about showing up on the 500s at the practice track together. Yeah. The, yeah. the flower track. Right. The flower. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> just... Yeah. It was just, we just, I was out, I had, a two, I had about two laps in. He already pulled up, but I got out first, did maybe three laps and then he pulled out and, um full tanks on 500s and nobody would i ran out of gas you yep. know and, just... and i wasn't pulling in it was hotter than hell um <laughs> so it was just, and then we just never said a word loaded the bikes up and took off never even waved never even acknowledged <laughs> <laughs> our truck and we had to park too our trucks were only probably about 40 yards apart you couldn't it was a small little yeah. track in the hills that you came through this it's called the flower track because we went through all the flower uh places back there where they grow them and yeah. there was this track where they built so um yeah dif- different times now everybody goes and plays golf together yeah and, fly together um, yeah they fly together yeah, we, yeah. we would i don't think we ever did that i mean I'll, so <laughs> um when it comes to this when it comes to this outdoor like you mentioned you want you at, at gainesville you lead every lap uh you lead uh, every lap but five or six at hangtown um, mm-hmm. it, 85 was a great year for you we, you already captured the supercross title i'm interested like 83, you know, you get second to Johnny. 84, you win the 125 stuff. Supercross is a little slower of a go for you, but 85, yeah. it all comes together. Did you did you change anything for 85? Did you, I mean, did you, uh, was the bike better? Did you change training? Did you just kind of get more mature? Like anything happen in 85 to turn into, and really, yeah. your reign started at 85, and then it never really stopped until, you know, 89 or whatever, right? Like it just kept going. Yeah, I mean, 84, I showed up. I mean, 83, I was good. Yeah. Um, could have won the championship. Um, only nine points behind Osho. Had a couple of big mistakes at the end. and um, But I was right there. And then it, I had I hired Jeff Spencer as my trainer in 84. Okay. So I, I was training pretty good before that. Um, but then I got on a good weight program that he had me on with a Russian gold medalist, Olympic lifter for powerlifting and brought my strength up for the whole 84 season and uh, my supercross. I won four races, so I was doing better there. Mm-hmm. And then it just seemed in 85, I was just kind of firing on all cylinders. The bike was really good because the 125 was good. Yeah. The, the 250 and 84 was better, um, but not great. And then 85, they just kind of hit everything. Um, 
that the 125, how the 125 was working and kind of put it onto the, the what I lost onto the 250. So we were really, like I said, it wasn't moving really up to a different bike. It was just a little more power. And um, yeah, just everything seemed, I wasn't injured, had no injuries. Uh, so it was just kind of that year. I mean, you know, the Supercross, I, I mean, I've never been a, a great Supercross rider. I was just being able to do everything really good. Wasn't like phenomenally mm-hmm. fast. Um, and then, you know, cause I only won, I think one or one main event that year. Cause it was that double, that two moto format. Yeah, right. Um, which it's just, you know, it's like the, today, the triple crown, it, you see the guys that win it. It's new, sometimes it's not always the, the guy that wins the one night event because you get one bad race and there you go. Um, to get two good starts every night and not make a mistake is just a lot harder to to deal with. And I just was a little bit more inconsistent. I think on my starts that year than, than anything, but, uh, outdoors, we figured it out and yeah, it's just, you know, it was, I was in good shape. A lot of races were hot. We had three or four that year that were just brutally hot and I seemed to thrive. And so, yeah, this, this opener is on YouTube and, you know, Brecker, your teammate, go Brecker's behind you for a little bit in moto one. Um, it's, it seems like the camera doesn't follow you the whole time, but in watching right. Gainesville, yeah, like you, you pull away late, like, you know, late in the moto, you can't even see you. And they, they, the camera just goes back to RJ and, and Hannah and Omera going for, for second, uh, and trying to get by goat. But it seems like, yeah, it, later, the, the, the later the moto went on, you, you, your fitness rose to, rose to new heights, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where that's, that's about the year it started where I had my program and I really never changed it. Um, from 85 to I retired. I mean, I did the same weight programs, never changed the lifts, just my, my strength went up on that and got it to where, you know, I wasn't going to be any more of getting any more weight out of these lifts and this, unless I became Olympic lifter, you know, and that's all I did. <laughs> so I, I got that. And then my cardio was pretty much maxed where I think it could be for, uh, cycling and running. And, and then I just got into triathlons. And so that kind of motivated you a little more to do your runs not necessarily because it's like oh it's going to help me for motocross and i did enough ride. i did enough riding to do that it was like oh you know i need to do this because i'm doing a you know a triathlon or a weekend off so it was like you know and l shows going and bailey was going you know we we kind of all showed up like three or four triathlon events together and um so it was just kind of that mentality of just training was the the main thing riding was almost secondary at sometimes i always laugh when i hear these stories and i think we've talked it blows my mind we hear so much about peaking and recovery and making sure you're fresh for the races you dudes are showing up didn't you even do stuff like maybe not triathlons but running races sunday after a supercross here and there um i know well also did the la marathon after daytona he flew home and did the la oh, marathon God. sunday morning and like two two hours and fifty minutes. That's like a sub seven minute mile, you know, just for the hell of it. Um, but and I yeah, I did uh, biathlon out in Palm Springs the day before Golden State in January to train, and it was a ten k run, a forty mile bike, and a ten k run. So it was a forty mile with a half marathon. And then I the next day I ran four motos at uh, at Glen Helen and won all four motos. Four thirty-minute motos, <laughs> and one both glad Johnny was there. That was what? the year Johnny blew his knee out, but RJ was there, Lachine was there, they were all there, and I I did that. So, um, yeah, I just I mean, want to understand the disconnect of it. Did not seem like recovery was a big part of the programs back then. How are you guys actually pulling this off? Like, did, do you look back now and say, ah, that was actually too much, or was it actually fine? Um, it was it was probably too much, but <laughs> um, 
I, I just never, I never seemed to be overtrained. Like, I mean, I took days off. Um, you know, I, I definitely didn't. Spencer was really good with keeping me in track, track with my weight. And I could go by that. You know, heart rate back then was one thing. But I mean, today they got on your phone can tell you right now everything, you know, sleep, yeah. all this stuff. And um, kind of went off more feeling. And, you know, when it was a really hot day, I knew what was coming up and I wouldn't overdo it or I went to, uh, into reserves. You know, I do a r long run, but pull it back to where it was more endurance than cardio. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty smart with uh, with doing that. There was a few times um I went with OSHA. We were in Washougal before, I don't even know when this was. We won the 500s. I won the championship that year, 89 or 90. And we went for a run on Saturday and up in Oregon Hills. That was just going to be a little, you know, run. But Johnny was a runner more than I was. And, you know, next thing we go, I'm like, Johnny, I think we need to turn around. You know, I think we're, we're in these deep forests doing trail run. I'm like, and then she's like, no, no, we'll just go around this corner. Next thing you know, we did like eight miles. And it was on Saturday and it was like 95 <laughs> degrees. And I'm like, dude. So like the next day, you know, first motor I might have won, second motor I tanked. It was like I'm overheated. I just like ended a third. Stanton got me, and I'm like, you, you know, I just knew that was like stupid. <laughs> so, and I was uh, knowing knowing Johnny, he probably he probably did it on purpose because he knew, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest runner like he did. He ran like ten miles a day, but for what I heard, you yeah. know, at five in the morning, five at night, and so. Did you like uh, Gainesville and Hangtown, the two tracks that started off the 85 Nationals? Like, did you – I mean, yeah. you, you won everywhere, so it's not like you had more success at these than other tracks that I looked at. But did what did you think of these two? Because they're kind of similar back then. Yeah, they're hard-packed. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, mm -hmm. right, Carlsbad. I mean, I'm a front brake guy, you know, and I'm a, it's just, I'm a clay rider where you're, you're up on the bike more, you're, you're using the front brake into the corner hard, um, everything. And then when you go to a soft track, you know, like – I mean, especially like Southwick or – tracks where you now now you're leaning back and you don't touch the front brake um so tracks like that had a more looser type mm -hmm. of thing i i wasn't the you know the best on but anything hard packed and blue groove um and that's what, like yeah i mean you look at i mean i'm sure you could probably barely see half the race because of the dust um they didn't water too much back then so no, everything was no. was the hard packed blue groove and the berm that was there was just like a you know three foot long little wall that maybe got built in practice and it's still there and you kind of just you know you kind of hit it but some yeah. tracks were decent saddleback was always good with long big berms and but yeah those two you know yeah, were, were uh, good for you more up my alley and like yeah then we went to vegas and vegas was that pea gravel mm -hmm. lucy sandy more stuff where you you don't get to use the front brakes so much it's kind of a little more of a flow and um not as smooth Vegas, one and done for Nationals. One time, that was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and later on this year, they went to Six Flags, one and done. Same thing this year, 85. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they did. Six Flags was pretty cool. It was kind of in the woods, and yeah. it was a pretty gnarly track and hotter than hell, um, humidity. And yeah. I think I, I think we all had red clay on us for like a month. <laughs> it, had this, it had this red <laughs> red clay with like goldy, sparkly stuff in it, you know? And yeah. It's like when we flew home, every one of us, you couldn't wash it off. You're like, you had big old flakes on your cheeks and your, you know, <laughs> on your arms. It, it wouldn't come off for like three weeks. It was just like embedded into your skin. Uh, and, uh, so I, I thought it was bad for the laundry. I didn't know it got that bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially yeah. Wardy, you were a big white gear guy this year. Big white gear yeah. guy. Um, yeah. Open face too. Yeah. Open face this year. Um, you're one of the last guys to, to go to a full face. You, 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 
You ran yeah, the Olympics for a while. I didn't switch till 89. Yeah. I don't yeah. Think. Well, um, I had to because Shoei stopped making open faces for about two years, and they're like, "Dude, <laughs> if we're gonna pay you to wear a helmet, you got to at least wear a helmet that we make." Yeah. So, like, <laughs> and they were so ugly that Troy the front because they were square, and Troy found that's how Troy got kind of hooked in with you know with Shoei yeah. to help him make their helmets. Because I said, "I'm not running this thing with that front of that face thing. I can't even see out of it." I thought it looked so, good, Wardy. I thought it looked yeah. good, but that's just me. Um, there was a couple cool shots of being like. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's eighty nine on the two fifty with the number one on it because I wanted to. You know, yeah. they, look, they look cool after a while. So and it was full face. Uh, I'm guessing you kind of coming into eighty five nationals again. You're Supercross champ now. Uh, although, like you said, it's the weird year with two two motos and all of that. I'm guessing by the sounds of it, though, like RJ was a defending champion, and there's Hurricane, who you know was at the end at this point, but still, yeah. still fast. I'm guessing though, yeah. you looked at Johnny as your number one rival outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really didn't worry about anybody at that point. I okay. mean, I just knew how good I was riding yeah. and I could win no matter what, whoever it was, if it was Hannah on that day or Ricky on that day, I felt like I had it covered. And as you can see on the result, all the way, Pat, like, uh, I don't know, like five, six races in, like past Redbud with like five wins and mm-hmm. two, two seconds or something. Yep. And the remoto wins on those days as well. So it wasn't like I didn't, I had a bad day. Um, Millville was my worst race. I think I know, I, I think I cartwheeled on first lap or something. I was almost getting lapped when Hannah was coming and got back up to fifth and was kind of messed up for the second moto and got, I don't know, fourth, third or something. Yeah. I think I was fourth overall. Yep. And then I, and then I went to Washougal. I don't know if I, I didn't win. I think Johnny won. I may got, I won the first moto and then I just kind of cruised the second moto. So, um, yeah, so I had a great year. Just one 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 weekend where I was, you know, yeah. I didn't finish sec- second because I had a crash. So I was just super confident. But the uh, whole year, I I could tell Johnny was the guy because he would rather win that first moto or he he won one of the other races mm-hmm. that you know I didn't win. And yep. Um, so yeah, that was just us two again. So one of the things, uh, funny story. Um, Dogger was your teammate in '86, right? So '85, <laughs> he saw a Honda. They he tells the story where he got to ride your bike where they were like trying to woo him or whatever. He, you know, after he got fired or whatever, uh, he rode your bike and was like, this thing is bitch and this is great. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Like this is basically the production bike. This is, this is basically, (laughs) this is it. You know what I mean? He's just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And then the 86 comes out and a production rule hits and he goes, this is not Wardy's bike guys. Yeah. No, that's where we struggled. I mean, yeah. Kawasaki was never known to have a very good production bike from about 80 on, mm-hmm. really, till, I don't know, the 88? I don't know. Yeah, 88 probably. Yeah, 88 was first. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, when I was racing 125s, I was the only guy on the line in Kawasaki. Nobody was buying a 125 Kawasaki to go race nationals. You know, you, mm-hmm. had, a, you had a Suzuki, pretty much that was the bike for, like, I don't know how yeah. many years when Barnett was racing it. I mean, I raced one, and... Compared to the Yamaha stock one, it was like a factory bike. Yeah, Denton, um, Denton, Denton told me the Suzuki stock back then was like 12 pounds lighter than anything, anything else. Oh, it was, it was insane. incredible. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible. And, and uh, Cowie never had a bike. 85, nobody rode it, you know, a Cowie um, because the production bike was not where. And then all of a sudden, you know, our bike becomes finally, it was probably better than Honda's. You know, if not, maybe the motor, maybe the suspension, but that didn't matter. You know, it was, yeah. it was <laughs> overall matched them and then we go to 86 and it's just like oh, and you're back go. you're back to here we go again yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like oh it's like me pulling up against barnett back in 81 you yeah. know and the, the suzuki and i got the 
40 pound heavier cowie on the line right because <laughs> it was it was because his bike weighed 176 pounds that was the weight limit yeah. 175 yeah my bike weighed 212 Jeez. oh my god so, yeah <laughs> we had yeah. a reservoir on the, the back of that thing that weighed more than the motor i think uh, and it still blew up and it still blew out <laughs> yeah really 84 work stuff starting to be good 85 this year good yeah. and then and then the production it took another few years after the production rule hit yeah um, yeah it did uh and yeah lachine tells a story where he's just like this thing's not good now ronnie in 86 ronnie's off track stuff was out of hand too um, yeah, but he got a you know it got better eighty seven eighty eight but um, yeah. yeah he he tells a story of that eighty six Cowie production bike being not good so you know you come into eighty six you're the best dude in the world in eighty five and you won both titles and you come into eighty six and yeah the Honda boys are on it right and you got to start from scratch again with with the Cowie so yeah I mean I did pretty good I mean Anaheim I was you know the eighty six race with David and and uh, and Ricky. I'd have been in that mix. I mean, yeah, I was riding. I was riding really good that week. The next week, I went and won Houston. So, yeah, well, you know, no problem. But the throttle cable snapped uh, like the second lap of my heat race. Yeah, and back then, if you were 18th through 20th, you went home. You didn't go to the qual. That was it. There were you were done. Yeah. So it changed the rule after that because it's like, hey, here's the guy that here's the here's your Defending favorite rider, number one, yeah. and he has a you know pile up or whatever happens and he's out for the night it's like we can't have that he has to have another chance you got to at least got to go to the last chance jeez so i, so. I i've told weech's story wardy uh, i might have told you but halverson your mechanic was the road race team manager at yamaha when i was there working for ferry right and, and uh, probably two or three times uh in the years i worked there i would bring my throttle cable to halvey and be <laughs> like hey hey halvey do you want to check my throttle cable i'm, I'm putting it on my bike and he did not halvey, like that yeah. he did not like that he didn't find it funny uh i found it yeah well, the, the funny thing was the communication back then I know i've talked about it before between you know the states and japan khi and kmc they had that problem in japan they had a defect of a throttle cables yeah the assembly yeah and they never they never told us like you know, oh, we got over yep. here in time, you know. I, I think we got I think we got the memo Monday morning when uh, after the throttle <laughs> cable broke, so it finally found a bottle out in the water with a note in it. Right, right. Yeah, Wardy's throttle cable. Halvey did, uh, did not find time. Yeah, Halvey did not find the humor in that one. I would say, do you want to check my <laughs> throttle cable? Um, but uh hey uh we, hey, is there a famous yeah. story that you uh the, the story this is what davy always tells the story that you were at del taco leaving the stadium and then you heard the crowd cheering which was cheering no, for the rg Bailey famous battle yeah i left and i went over to uh there was a mexican restaurant across the street and went we got dinner and you could just hear the stand i'm just like going off oh, god <laughs> just i mean it's just well the, there was another story that night after that happened, you know, I, I DNF'd while I went back to the pits. I was getting undressed. I was undressed, sitting in a chair. Osho that year hurt his knee. Yeah. And he pulled out. He was out. He wasn't going to race, right? The last chance. Mm -hmm. Or actually, the main event, I think it was. Um, no, it was a la it was like a last chance race. I, I think we had last chance or semis or whatever we had back then. So since he wasn't going to race... That left another spot open for me to go in. They were they were going to let me race because Johnny pulled out. Well, Honda, her, I've they told me like five minutes. The, 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 yeah. the guys are down in the line, so I threw on boots with no socks, gear with no <laughs> knee braces, and just ran down there. Got on the line, and Honda heard that. They, Johnny jumped out of the chair. They put him on. He came down. They point, pulled me out of the gate. Johnny took off. 
qualified and finished third that night. Yeah, this is oh. this is on the video of them pulling you out of the yeah. line, and Larry Huffman is very confused. Johnny was not going to yep. race because right. his knee was jacked, so they, he just went to go off the line, so I couldn't race. Right, and uh, he ended up qualifying, and then went for the main, and got I think third, second or third. Yeah, and then oh. raced the rest of the year. Yeah, <laughs> I should thank you for that. Oh uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, so. Jeff Jeff Ward here on the Lee at Re-Raceables, 85 Gainesville, 85 Hangtown, uh, the last man to go one 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 to start his 450 motocross career, just like the Jet has done. Uh, Weege, do you want to ask Wardy about Supercross 85 title thing, or do you want me to do it? Who, I, I, uh, yeah, the Brock. Do, do we? The protest? Yeah, I think my phone's about to ring. I think Brock, Brock's going away. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I love, Brock's awesome. He, Brock's he's awesome. over that by now, isn't he? I think. He is not over this. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Not he, is quite. Not, he is not over this, and I like Brock. Brock's awesome. He oh, is uh, still angry. And uh, so, Wardy, uh, what <laughs> Did you get a break, or do you feel like it was the, the the right thing, the right ruling came down? Okay, here's here's my my look at it. Okay, okay, it's in a heat race, correct? Yep. Um, I swapped out. I hit this jump. My bike was on the top. Broke my lever off. I was facing the wrong way, so I jumped. I knew my clutch was broke. Everybody came by. My clutch was broke, so I knew I had to. When I started, I had to kick it in gear, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm facing that way. I kick it in gear. I go like ten feet. I turn around. Nobody's on the track, you know, and I go, and then I hear, oh, you've been, you know, disqualified for the riding on the back, going back, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. So I get last pick on the gate in my semi, because you go to the semi, this go home now if you finish 18th or 20th. Yeah. So I, I didn't get disqualified from the event. I got, you know, black flag from, or DQ'd, whatever, from the heat race. So I still finished. So I get to go to the semi, which I probably won my semi. And then I went to the two main events and I beat Brock in both main events or, you know, whatever to yeah. win the championship. So I never like, you know, cheated in the main event to where Brock, you know, it helped me. I yeah. did it in a heat race. So it had nothing to do with the outcome. He had the same opportunity to beat me in the two motos and he didn't. So <laughs> I can't get, I can't get docked from the main events that when you I didn't, didn't do, do anything right. wrong. And yeah. I did it in the heat race. And in the rule book, it says you can be fined and, or docked position. Now, and I was both. I got docked to last, yep. and I had to pay a fine. Okay, now I go to the semi, last pick on the gate, understood, and game over. That's it. You can't yep. get disqualified from a main event that nothing happened in. And I, I know the point because, I mean, they did this, at, you know, at, at the GP. They rode, you know, down the, the one corner all the way down. Guys were coming. Yeah. Chandler Chandler did it because he he had no other oper- no other choice because it was on Suicide Mountain at Saddleback yeah. where he had to go down and yeah and, you can't, uh, it's super steep right yeah I might have gone down like holding my bike with both legs on the side like side side you know skiing down but he you know went wide open probably fifth gear the <laughs> <laughs> white people were coming up so I understand that because that and they got docked and it was in a moto I didn't do it in either moto so. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was a long shot for him, but you well, can't disqualify me for the whole event because I rode ten feet backwards in a heat race and got penalized for it. We just should settle it, right? You know, Weege? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he doesn't quite see it that way, but <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I I can ask him. Did you beat me both motos? And he'd say no, and I'd say, well, then how did you beat me? <laughs> you know? uh, it, I no. I it's uh yeah. It's and the rules are the rules. It doesn't say. You know, if you run backwards in the heat race, and you when you run when you race both main events, you still get docked for those main events. 
it doesn't say that in the rule book, so I don't know how. And right, it's uh, right. it's a bummer. <laughs> I mean, it, um, it's a technicality, and I don't know if there's an asterisk by it or not. I don't think so. But no, did, did, um, did the check cash for you? Did everything cash? Yeah, that's yeah. all matters. Okay. <laughs> that's, you know. uh, what a year! <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a year! Eighty-five for you. Absolutely. Well, actually, yeah. Steve, you keep saying you had already won the title, but you know, this is way before Supercross ended, before the Nationals began. Supercross ended way after this Gainesville yeah. and uh, Hangtown deal, oh, right? Oh, true. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, we yeah. had, we had, you know, we'd go do Daytona, and then the next week was Gainesville, and the next week was, true. you know, yeah. Hangtown, and then we had two Supercrosses, like New Jersey, and so it was a, it was a funky year, and, um, you know, it's hard to do when you're going back and forth and back and forth, and it's, uh, makes it for a long season. Yeah, then we, had, I don't think our last race was till like, we had to wait a long time for this re- result. And Yeah, it was, uh, um, I remember in Cycle News, like, months later, they were like, the AMA has finally, you know, weighed yeah. in on it, and you, you know, yeah. It was, yeah. was nerve-wracking for me, because I know, you know, I felt I won it, because I did do, you know, both my motos, and I did beat them, and, um, and then there was, I couldn't celebrate, you know, and it's, I'm racing nationals while I'm like, this is going on, and it's an arbitration. So it's just with three peers of, you know, somebody and maybe they don't like me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I've done something yeah. wrong. You know, they're supposed to be biased, but they're still part of the sport because they have to know the sport. They just can't go. Oh yeah. Yeah. If that happened to, you know, at uh, Carlsbad to him and he's done, Yeah, you know, yep. but they don't understand that there's, it's totally different. You know, I did get docked. So it was nerve wracking and, you know, luckily it went my way, but, um, I can see how Brock, I mean, that was, that's a big feather in the cap and I have one, so I'd still be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a kind of a, a bad deal. What do you look back, I, to win both titles in the same year, um, which only a handful of guys are able to do that. I mean, what do you look back and say 85? Was it, was it, you had many great seasons, but this was the one year you won them both. So do you look at your peaking, the bike itself was where it needed to be other guys or you could have done this other years and it just happened to work out this year. What do you look at with 85 being the difference team really being the guy um, in donations too? Um, just no injuries. I think. 85. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, really. I mean, cause when I got to 87, I broke my ankle at, at uh, I won the championship in Supercross. I broke my ankle at uh, San Diego during the main event. I cased a jump and snapped it and it pulled the cartilage. You know, so I finished the race. I got third and then I had to race uh, Miami and Daytona with it broken and, and then had surgery after Daytona before Hangtown. And so I'm still surviving. And then it finally healed up. And then Ricky was, I think we we're pretty close in points, but then he got kind of hurt at the end of the Supercross and he broke a finger or something, and which helped me out a little bit. And then like in the Nationals, I was winning that. And then, and then uh, I got hurt again, like uh, my ankle, and then he won. So there's a reason why like neither one of us, myself or Ricky, probably didn't double up a couple times after that is because we got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the other years, like when I won the 500s, I don't know, and the 250, I had ankle problems. I dislocated one at a Supercross, so it probably hurt me in the 250s and 500s were later in the year because, remember, they split the season, like six yep. races, 250. So Supercross was closer and I had an injury coming off that, so my 250 started off slow, and then I was just okay. I got to focus on 500s. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how it went a lot of times. So yeah, I wasn't hurt in '85, '84. I was pretty clean through those two years without. Um, in '86, I don't think I got. Uh, I don't know. I, I know I broke a couple <laughs> wrists in there somewhere. <laughs> so we. we <laughs> one of the funnier moments we've had in the Lee at Reraceables is we did one of these. I don't even know with who about a race and you got the whole shot and just went backwards. And then we made a joke on the pod 
or Weege did. We already probably had a broken ankle, and we like you know because you just don't lose spots like you did in this whatever race this was. You, yeah, it just doesn't happen to you. And then we were laughing, and we just like I, I was like, yeah, no worry. He probably broke his ankle on Wednesday and still led three laps, and that's why I dropped back. And then, and we, then we actually texted you, and that was literally your answer. Yeah, still race, right? Because yeah, you just don't see you lead and then drop back, and we're like, okay, well, something had to happen. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. I, I'm interested before we let you go. Last one for me, Wardy. Thanks for your time. I was, uh, I was a huge, uh, Barnett fan growing up cause I had an RM80, mm-hmm. right? I had RM, RM50, then an RM80. And I, I loved rollerball up in Canada and I loved, uh, Barnett in the USA. And yeah. so I was a big Barnett fan. I was bummed that he lost that 83 title. Uh, and then uh, you were teammates with him this year. And I was, you know, so I was like, okay. Suzuki's a piece of shit. The, the gas tank's in the air box. This thing sucks. Once once he gets on a you know a real bike, the one that Wardy won the championship on, right? Uh, he's going to take over. Now he did win Atlanta Supercross this year. He went two uh, two for the yeah. overall, and and he did win a moto at Gainesville when Dogger DNF. But just interested on your take on being teammates with this crusty Barnett guy that you did battle forever, and how he was, and and all of that. Yeah, because when we came into one twenty five, he was. I mean, Brock. When I first came in, Brock was a guy, and, and I think Barnett was coming at about the same time with that, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, but then when he got on the, you know, the factory team, when he first was one champion, I mean, he just dominated. I mean, he, he would have had a perfect season of 22 and yep. straight wins, but he broke his collarbone before, before Carlsbad and uh, I think Osho won that day, but he was just the man. I mean, he was just so, I was still a kid. I mean, I didn't even get matured until I was like 24. Mm-hmm. So when I was like 18, 19, 20, I mean, I was just compared to him. He was, he had a full beard. You know, just like, just foaming at the mouth, just muscles everywhere. Just, he was like a pit bull. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, if you look at a pit bull, that's what I would see when I looked at Barnett. You know, does he, it's like, do you pet him? No, I don't pet him. He's like, okay, don't, don't, don't rattle him in the corner because you know, you're going to be dead when you get off. Yeah. You know, just that, that type of aura around him. You know, he'd show up on the hot days at the starting gate with his helmet on and Jofa on and we've got umbrellas and you know <laughs> hot towels around us and he's not even concerned and you're just like you're done you're just like oh i hope i i hope i, I hope i survive today and i don't die right and, he, and he's just loving it so yeah but then when he, when he came my teammate i mean yeah he was winding down yeah um you know he wasn't as serious as he was back then you know to where you couldn't talk to the guy. You couldn't get near. You know, he was just so into his world. <laughs> he was a pit bull. Um, right? yeah. yeah, just. Um, and then, well, I don't even remember too. I mean, I remember testing with them a little bit, uh-huh. the outdoor stuff. But like, I, I remember, you know, like there's other guys I remember. You know, God, I remember. Yeah. You know, well, but Barnett was kind of a guy that I just really never. I don't know. We just never really hung out. Okay. Or had All any, right. You know, I mean, he wasn't a big cyclist or, you know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, uh, but neither was Dogger. So, but we still, <laughs> yeah. we still got, we still got along. He liked Dogger. So I never wanted to hang out with Wardy because I never liked the thing he did. It was always, yeah, yeah. it was almost too much work. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, he, was, he wasn't going to the runs in the hills of Washougal. Yeah. Yeah. No. When I when I got to him, the most most was probably in '83, uh, a little bit with the the nations. Yeah. We all, you know, there's yeah. all four of us there, and um, super fun and. He, uh, super, you know, yeah, he retired. Of, he retired at the end of the year. That was it. He was gone. Um, and I was yeah. so bummed as a fan because I thought the Suzuki was, you know, he was 26, right? He had a three-year million-dollar deal. 
which back then was huge, right? Um, and he yeah. was he just walked away, and I remember being like, "Well, guess the Cowie wasn't well, the was, answer." <laughs> he was smart. He had it. He had the million dollar deal uh, put over uh, ten years. Yeah, yeah. So you know, hundred grand a year, which was smart because when he's done racing, if something happened, he's still got five, six years of a hundred grand coming in. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, and as a young kid, like, I mean, usually a lot of times when you get that kind of money, you spend it on stuff you shouldn't spend it on, and so. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they don't do that nowadays. I mean, just think about if they, you know, these guys are making a couple million, say, or whatever. And you're like, you know what? Can you pay me a hundred thousand over the next twenty years, <laughs> or you know, or something? Or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess nowadays, if you get, I guess you can buy bigger. You know, more. It's too expensive to probably pay off houses and stuff nowadays than it was. Yeah, like like we were racing, it's yeah. a lot cheaper. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I thought it was going to be a big comeback. He did win a Supercross, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I thought he was going to do better on the on the yep. one twenty five myself because yep. the bike was good the mm-hmm. year before, and I don't know who. I mean, but then he had Dogger on that Honda, and that was going to be. Yeah, but he was still uh, getting he was still getting beat by Kehoe and Holland a lot, which bummed me out. Yeah, yeah, true. So, true. anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's a cool dude though. He's like I still. I mean, he's a one of a kind for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to ask about these uh, these ankle injuries because yeah, dude, I feel yeah. like every year you were racing with that. Um, I yeah. feel like there might be no part of the sport that's evolved more than the boots, the pegs, oh, obviously God. the suspension. It, it's night and day. I would feel compared to what you guys were dealing with. Well, yeah, you, you are. You go look at our foot pegs. I see my the one twenty five bike. I rode actually actually a couple months with Ping, and um, the foot pegs look like pops, popsicle sticks. Yeah. I mean, they're not even a half inch wide. They're a half inch <laughs> wide. They're not even really spiked. And then my Cinesala boots back then, there was no steel shank. So you could bend them from, like, put them on the peg, and you could almost touch the toe to the heel. So <laughs> so when you cased it, not only did your ankle bend, your arch collapsed. So it was like a double, you know, extension of the the ankle. And, and um, that's kind of what happened when I cased the jump, I'm sure. I mean, uh, I mean, it probably could have broken anyway, but it shattered my bone. Well, it didn't shatter it. It cracked the, you know, the knots you have on inside where it's kind of like a U shape and that's what the tendons hold your ankle. on. well, but it cracked in half. And then when they went to do the surgery to drill it, it shattered. So we had to take all the bones out of the inside of the, the ankle bone and all cut the ligaments that were attached to all the, the bone fragments that were hanging on it. So that was a pain. And then anytime I had to, from that day on, I had to tape my ankle, my whole career. I had every day I couldn't ride without my ankle taped. So that oh, was wow. a pain. Yeah. So I'd leave it, you know, I'd leave it taped for like three days and just stick it out of the shower because I got tired of taping it and retape <laughs> it, and, or maybe not shower for three days, um, you know, something like that. And did you then, you had surgery after Daytona? Did you even miss a race after this gnarly surgery? No, the, no. The next week was uh, Hangtown. I went. I got second. <laughs> I got second there behind RJ. I just still had my God. stitches in. So God. yeah, there were times like it was it was terrible. Like when I. We had my doctor up in Pasadena where Spencer was, and when I broke it, I went there Sunday at Sunday night. And I didn't leave the doctor's office till Thursday night to fly to Miami. So I stayed and slept there 24 hours on the machines. And then Spencer taped; they taped it before I left, so I had it taped on the plane all the way there. And then um, I'd come back the next week and go back up there again, so I could wait till surgery. And then, so it, it hurt me my whole career. It was always a um, I actually just heard it like three weeks ago, mountain bike. And I went to do a little, you hit a rock and went to fall, go fall. I couldn't get unclipped. And then when I got unclipped, I was too far, you know, from saving it. And my ankle hit the ground and rolled cause it's got no ligaments in there. And I yep. felt like somebody shot my foot. 
you know, and I'm like laying there rolling around and they're all like, what's the matter? I go, God dang it. And, and then it swelled up like a balloon for like three days. And I'm like, God, there's, it still hurts right now. And it's like, that's that old injury. And that would happen all the time racing. It would just take one catching a rut and throwing it back. And then boom, it's like somebody hit with a hammer real quick and then throb and then it'd swell up. Yeah. And, and then at New Jersey Supercross, the one year I was the next year, I went to case a triple. So of course I want to take my foot off the, I, I'm not going to put all the weight on my broken ankle. I did on my left ankle and I cased it, it, it dislocated my left ankle. So I was done. I pulled off and I couldn't ride with it dislocated. There's so, a famous photo of you doing a one, you know, it looked like you're setting up for the corner, like putting your leg out in the air. Yeah. Uh, I got but is that left. actually, you're trying to pick one ankle to land on and not the other? No, there's a, there's a tunnel to the left when we land and there's an inside rut. So the only way you can make that inside rut is if you sat down and, you know, hit the rut when you're sitting down. If you stood up, you couldn't make the rut. So I just started sitting down, you know, I'd seat bounce and, or jump. And, just, yep. and then, yeah, and then just put it down. It was pretty cool. It was a good thought. It was cool. <laughs> it was super hard to do, but. Um, oh, that's a famous one. That's yeah. yeah. I have that on my, my screensaver, actually. All right. All right. <laughs> I was just afraid. I saw that. I'm like, I think it might have been because he couldn't land at both angles. No, okay, that one was actually cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I could. Yeah, it was just different thing. And then, like in '80, uh, I don't know when it was in '88, my 500 at, at uh, Redbud, they had Larocco's Leap, but it was on the other. It was a different Larocco's Leap. It wasn't called that then, mm -hmm. but it was still wide open on a you know on a 500 like fourth gear to make it. And the corner mm -hmm. was like after it was kind of tight and it was too muddy in practice. We jumped at press day and. Um, so, you know, like the third lap or fourth lap of practice, it was clean enough enough to do it. So I'm like fourth gear wide open to 500 right on takeoff. The crank snapped. So oh, I just jumped through the bars, right? And I'm just rolling down the windows for like 10 seconds. I over cleared the jump, landed. And I, all I could think about was my ankle, right? Like I can't hit this ankle, you know? So I'm like yep. trying to figure out how I'm going to. So as soon as I hit, I kind of like collapsed. But I didn't collapse. My feet went forward and I hit my ass. And then bounced, and then went through the fence, and I broke my tailbone. Oh, so I, broke, I broke my tailbone, and I tore all the cart cartilage off my ribs on the front of my chest and my sternum. So I, I got up, and man, it, I've never broken a tailbone before. But man, it's like somebody just stuck a knife up you there, you know. And <laughs> you're trying to walk away like a dog with its tail between its legs to get away from the pain. <laughs> so I just got up and started shuffling through the pits to get back because I'm like, I didn't care about the bike, nothing. So then I sat on an ice block for the whole time before the first moto oh. and then a whole shot. Right. And I lead the whole race and then RJ gets me. I never sat down. I stood up the whole race <laughs> and I, I, when I sat, when I sat down, I had to lean way forward. I couldn't go on my tailbone. So then the second motor, I went down in the first turn, I hit Dubok and my chest went forward and I couldn't, I thought I ripped my, I felt like my lung, <laughs> I felt like my lungs came out of my chest. Right. God. So I just sat there on my bike. I didn't even fall over. I just hit him and I sat there. Everybody left and I'm just sitting on my bike. I couldn't get my wind. I couldn't call for anybody to come help me. I'm just waving. So they came over and pulled me off the bike. And that's the only time I ever left the track in an ambulance. I had because they thought I collapsed both lungs, you know, or something. And and then I Jeez. went home that night and flew home and married. I raced the next week. I came out and Yeah. Of course. There you go. Of course you did. Of course yeah. you did. Yeah. Tried to race. I think it was uh Axton, Virginia, and I was up front leading i think and i fell over and i couldn't pick up my bike because <laughs> of my chest <laughs> i couldn't pick it up i was so sore I, I had no strength and i couldn't pick it up and i just that, that was it i had idea enough but i tried unbelievable yeah uh, fun stories fun stories i knew you'd have them like especially the ankles dude i 
gosh. Yeah, they still uh, bother me because I broke at Supermoto Racing too, and um, went to you know get X-ray and the doctor. It was I can't remember whose doctor it was up in L.A. and he's like, dude. He goes, it's broken. You don't need surgery, but if you ever want me to clean that thing out, because there's pieces of bone everywhere in there, I'm like, that doesn't hurt at all, you know. So, yeah. but he could he could say, what the hell happened to this thing? But yeah, I was still having problems with it with Supermoto catching it. So, um, wow. so I, yeah, it's funny because I was just talking to RJ about uh, the injury. You know, he's always he's asking me, do you, did your do your knees hurt when you? You know, he's always like, <laughs> like going, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I just don't think maybe we didn't have the right, uh, I don't know, physical therapy back in the day or something, or maybe there wasn't any, I don't know. Now they got a combination cold. of that. Yeah. And then, and then the next, the week after surgery is usually pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Generally so, never a good thing. Never um, a good thing. Well, God, man. Well, Warren, okay. as we as okay. we do this, uh, you have you're tied with Jet Lawrence. We'll see what happens uh, for your record. Yeah, it's it's pretty. But I, <laughs> I, I talked to Lucas this morning or something. I, I what I say? I mean, the other day, I, I, he needed to get me something. He hadn't got back to me, and I was like, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know this is a busy week, and there's a lot of pressure yeah. on Jet to uh, to break the tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you're you know you're a little nervous and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, not getting back to me, but um, he, he's yeah, got your no. picture on a heavy bag. Yeah, he's say yeah, forty he's, down. He's like Rocky with this yep. in, in Russia, Russia with the, on the mirror there. He's That's got, right. He's, he's out in the hills. He's on the hills right now, chopping wood, getting ready. <laughs> got to so. take forty's record down. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I never even knew that. I, I had no clue. I, I mean, I knew I won some good motos in twenty-five, but Johnny got me one moto at Saddleback. Uh, I won one one, but I wasn't a rookie yeah. in that class, of course. And I didn't even think of myself as a rookie in the two fifty. Well, you know, so, yeah, we did qualify a bit. I mean, there's a big difference seeing years of two fifty Supercross and and no years at all like Jet. But hey, yeah, record's still a record. <laughs> but he he has raced against Dylan, so it's not like he hasn't raced yep. against some of the guys. You know, maybe he hasn't yep. raced against uh, you know um, Webb or or those guys or something. Yeah. But he's probably he never raced against Plessinger. He he wasn't racing with Plessinger no. in the lights class. I don't think so. so. Nope. But um, yeah, he's got a, he's, it's a uh, it's a force say that he uh, gets that. I think. Oh, well, so. you never know. You never know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have to you know put some black magic or something <laughs> going on <out> here. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Thanks for the time, uh, Wardy. Appreciate no worries, it. Man. Um, and yeah, uh, again, thank you as always for the Lee at Reraceables. Great stories and. Uh, yeah, just you guys were gnarly. That's that's all I ever. Whenever yeah, I talk to it. you guys, Wardy, you. I don't know. I don't know if it's gnarly or stupid. One yeah. or the other. It's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> all you right, know, man. All, you guys, you guys train too much. You guys do too much. You know, it's like I don't know, but it's just the the way it was back then. But yeah, um, everything's more scientific now, where we didn't have that. But yeah, yeah, I love it. it. It's a, it's these guys, are, these guys are gnarly. I mean, you can't say Tomac and Jet and all. I mean. They're gnarly. It's not easy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what area you came in. You're pushing the bike to the limit. The mm -hmm. ground's just as hard as it always has been. Um, so, yeah, there's just, uh, it's a tough sport. Absolutely. Thanks for the time, Morty. Okay, man. You guys got it. See ya. Thank you, Morty. See you, man. See ya. See ya. Yep. Good stuff from Morty. I just, the injury stuff, Weege. Like, it almost seems fake. It does. It does. Like, I, I really wanted to make sure he told the stories also of the ridiculous training, you yeah. know, doing triathlons yeah. during the season and O'Mara doing a flying back to California after Daytona and race and running a marathon. Yeah. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. 
But I think you're right. I think the injuries are actually crazier than that. I'm sitting on a block of ice. I I can't sit down all moto, you know, all this stuff. And, And it's just what these guys did. It's just what they did. So, Yeah, I think that's really the key. It's like Wardy is a hero himself, but he was just doing what the other guys also did. Right. I mean, yeah. One of the stories here is that O'Mara was not going to be able to even race Anaheim on a blown out knee. But then he gets third in the main. Yeah. Just just what they did, man. I'm surprised he didn't hang out with Bomber more. Like, I feel like they're both hammerheads and Bomber. Bomber was these guys' hero, you know, a little bit. Like when you talk to O'Mara and Wardy and Art, I mean, they have the ultimate respect for Bomber. They really all do. He was a pit bull, Steve. Yeah. Pit bull. Right. But yeah, they look like a pit bull. Feel like they, I feel like they would have bro down, but I guess not. Okay, maybe and, they're still scared. And uh, and I don't think that explanation about the eighty five supercross is going to satisfy Brock. I just don't. But we'll move on. I am not weighing in. <laughs> I'm not weighing. Brock has his opinion, and I'm not <laughs> stating either way. Like we are just letting Ward state his opinion, and that's yeah, nothing to do with me. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, I'm not touching it. Uh, yes. Thank you, the folks at Liat. Use the code on use the contact form on pulpamex.com to send me an email. I'll send you a code to save at liat.com. Great company, great guys. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of things going on in in the protection world. Like you look at their knee pads and their elbow guards and their mountain bike stuff, and of course the neck braces that they made popular. Uh, they've redefined that and redesigned that over the years. Liat.com for more information on that. Decal works. Uh, love Ron and the boys down there. Pulpamex 23 is the code to save. Red Bull KTM. Yeah, they use Decal Works. Uh, Husqvarna Off Road, which, by the way, uh, Craig DeJong, DeLong, DeLong won the DeLong won the yeah. GNCC this past weekend. The first time a guy won two uh, all year long. So um, yeah, and he's points leader now. Yeah. So uh, yeah. and they're using Decal Works for their graphics over there as well. Uh, so thank you to the folks at Decal MX and uh, for for sponsoring this podcast and Scott and Maxis. Guts, of course, Liat. Uh, you ready for the categories, Weech? Yeah, I think so. All yep. right, all right. Let's do this. It's on the game. We'll, we'll focus on Gainesville because it's on YouTube, uh, Gary Bailey's channel. Um, and I looked at the results and all of that. Uh, Gainesville, eighty-five. Who really won the race, Weech? What do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with Jeff Ward. Come with that. Yeah. One one in his uh, debut in this series on the two fifty. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I think you're uh I think you called it. Yeah. I think uh sometimes sometimes things change, but when you watch it on YouTube, he's gone. Like Wardy's gone. Shout out to Goat Brecker for hanging in for second for that long. Goat was in the mix for a long yeah, time. first moto. Yeah. yeah. I honestly I had to turn the volume back up to be like, who's eight on the Cowie? And uh you can hear whoever's in it. I can't remember who was it Larry it's, Myers it's maybe Myers. announcing it's from Myers. the live yeah. yep, it's, it's Myers. Myers. I mean why why even guess? <laughs> It's freaking so, Myers. Did sure. Myers like so Myers had and you would know this better than I would, but so he was a full time indoors and out live announcer, and then he's also the TV guy. Like that's his full time gig. I thought he also worked for high point trailers or something. Uh someone like Bevo or Scott Wallenberg or someone could tell us how that started. Like, yes, he definitely wasn't an announcer at first. He was okay. definitely like industry guy, rep or whatever you want to call it. Um because I think that's the famous story that, you know, that's why it's High Point Raceway. It was supposed to be sponsored by High Point Boots, which I think Myers was putting that deal together. And at the last minute, it fell through. So they added a GH, and it's just High Point, even though it's not at a high point. It's not the highest point in Greene County, Pennsylvania. It's just supposed to be a Myers sponsorship deal, I think, with High Point brand boots. But um, and High Point Boots, by the way, were actually Alpine Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the American name. And then somewhere along the way, yeah, he became announcer. And then somewhere along the way, 
the races start going on TV and they start having this show called Moto World. And then he's both the announcer at the track and the TV announcer. Yeah. Okay. Larry yeah. Myers. Wow. Busy yep. guy. Very busy guy. Uh, yes. I, and I don't know what happens to Goat, but he gets ninth in the first moto. He drops back that far. I mean, he's second late. So maybe he twists an ankle or something. But mm. And then he doesn't start mm-hmm. the second moto. DNS. So, oh, jeez. Yeah. Goat. Uh, who's that guy award? Um, a, lot of, a lot of guys to choose from, Weege. Um, um, I'm probably going to get burned up on this. Um, maybe Seth Rarick, although this race, I think, is before Rarick was even born. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I hate to say this, but this guy got fifth overall in the 500s. I've never heard of Scott Manning. I don't know who that is. Oh no, Scott Manning. Yeah, I thought. Okay, I was looking. I'm looking at 250s only. Um, but um, okay, yeah, Scott Manning. Yeah, Cali guy, I believe. That's what I said. San Bernardino. Yeah, Cali guy, uh, privateer guy for a long time. Yeah, Scott Manning, dude. Yeah. There's not many guys in this 250s that I haven't heard of, even though it's 85. I hate to say it, but a lot of these results, when I look through all three classes, I'm like, yep, kind of what I expected. Yeah, that seems crazy. Uh, by the way, speaking about goat, one of the only guys to just flat out refuse a podcast. I got a hold of him, called oh. him up, and I just said I explained who I was and what I did, and he goes, "Nobody's interested." And I said, "No, I think people would dig it. I think you know, I need like an hour. It's done over the phone." He's like, "Nope, not interested." Okay, bro. Wow. Okay, goat. I'll talk to you later. Um, Isn't goat like an old school? He'd have some Mitch stories. Mitch oh Payton yeah, stories for sure. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'll go. So okay, you go, Scott Manning. I'll go, uh, Greg Mayo. Greg Mayo. Yeah, Greg Mayo. New in, Hampshire. Yeah, I feel New like Hampshire. I've heard of Greg Mayo. Oh, okay. On other shows like this, maybe okay, seen yeah, the name, right? But I want to ask you a couple Canadians in here. Oh, there's we'll Canadians all over the place. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this is winter break time. This is March in Florida, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, so let's start with Sergi Grigori, the Serge French Gr- Canadian from Serge Grigoire. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah, French Canadian. I believe best Canadian national number was four. Uh, okay. got around, yeah, number four around this time. Um, and didn't have a long career in Canada, but yeah, pretty solid. Okay. Um, Jeff Sutherland, Jeff 18th overall. Seth, Seth Sutherland is still around to this day up there in Canadian moto circles. He, oh. uh, he was very good 500 rider. I believe he rode KTM 500s at some point, which around this era is super oh, weird. God. Yeah. 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 But, God. uh, yep. Jeff Sutherland is still around. And then the other one I want to mention, of course, 25th overall in the five internationals from Thunder Bay, Ontario, Shane Drew. Oh, never heard of him. Yeah. Never, never heard of him. Never yep. heard of him. That is today's, um, today's uh, Honda crew chief. As a matter of fact, depending on when you're listening to the show, you'll see my uh, interview with Shane Drew on the SMX Insider show starring myself and Jason Thomas. Steve, oh, are you part of that show? No, I'm not familiar with that show at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, will in- I interviewed Shane Drew at Hangtown. Okay. Here he is, 25th overall, uh, okay, Rollerball, so. 7th. Also, speaking of Team Canada, um, yeah. and also speaking of Team Canada, Arnaud Bernot, 23rd. Uh, Arnaud is more, was more of a Canadian indoor specialist than an outdoor guy, but not a bad rider. So, yeah. It's actually pronounced Arnaud Bernot. I believe. Bernard. Wow. Bernot, Bernard. Yeah. French Canadian turns to Bernot. Yep. Um, all right. Liette re-racing uh, categories. Lit Kid Award. Uh, I've uh, I've tweeted this. I've said this to Pete Fox. Uh, I've Instagrammed it. I believe there's maybe no kit that is more underrated than mm. RJ's '85 Fox gear. Uh, mm. It is the first year of RJ and Fox. Uh, Pete Fox has told the story about going to sign him when he was 16 down in Carlsbad. Uh, he was number one 
He had his old RJ signature line. It was red, white, uh, gold, black. Uh, sometimes he wore a roost deflector this year. It still looked good with that. Belmoto 4. I thought RJ, this is an early look at RJ's Fox domination that was coming in the years to come when he moved to Honda. 85, love RJ's look. Lick Kid Award. Yeah. Some artist could tell us, what is it about white gear in 1985? Mm -hmm. Your gear better be all white or mostly white or have at least 50% white trim. And you look at everybody's gear. Yeah, yeah. A lot of white. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, that Fox stuff, well, it was always good for RJ, but that was definitely uh, underrated. Wait, this would be the first year of white Yamahas, Yeah, correct? first year, yep. Yeah. So that was probably, you know, pretty buzzy at the time. Um I'm going to do this one for Lit Kit just because I don't know what other, other chance I'm ever going to get. Um, Hannah running his own line of gear, HRP. And I'll tell you, the HRP flak jacket, I mean, is it the best chest protector ever made? I mean, it is It is awesome. It's, it, it, the stead, it stood the test of time, that's for sure. It was around for 20 damn years. Didn't other companies even copy it and just oh, sell yeah. it with like, their graphics Yeah, I think on? at some point the patent or the design ran out. I don't know, but everyone just started making their own shit. With the with the yeah. with the with the webbing, I ran an HRP in like dude, like ninety ninety eight. There you go. Like I still thirteen had, years yeah, after this dude. race, still going. Yeah, and I had one forever. So, so I just feel like Hannah Racing products and their iconic flak jacket might never get on the show any other way. So, shout out Lit Kit Bob Hannah, and sweet Jesus, as you'd expect, if you go back and watch this video. You will see about half a dozen moments where you're like, oh, my God, Hannah's going to die. And he's good. <laughs> and he's good. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, he looks like he's going to die. You can't tell the difference between what's goon riding and what's spectacular. I, you cannot tell. It's just tape the throttle open <laughs> and we'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. By the way, too, this is the race. I already texted with Bailey before we jumped on the phone here. But Bailey is catching Glover in the first moto. And he goes down, I'm not kidding you, 50 feet before the finish and DNFs. He just oh. eats shit and lays on the track. He thought he broke his femur. Like, so he gets zero points. He gets zero points. He's 50 feet away. He's at the bottom of the hill. Wow. Uh, and so he sent me, of course, David being David, um, he said, I thought I broke my femur. Then after a few seconds, I thought I ruined my knee. I came out of corner like emojis. I lost. And based on the way I feel, <laughs> based on the way I feel on this turd, I'm probably going to lose a second moto too. I was so uncomfortable on that bike. All that went through my mind as I came out of the corner, and I wasn't paying attention. I hit a sharp edge, and the next thing I know, the back end came all the way around, and I pitched it, and I tweaked my leg. I was in agony, and I could look up the hill 75 feet and see the checkered, and knew I was getting no points. I wasn't even going to ride the second moto until the last minute. I taped my knee up so much I could barely bend it. I went to the line late. I started the far outside, and I just rode around like jet and got second. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Fantastic storyteller. Yeah. 30. There's more, by the way. I, uh, there's more stuff about really? Daytona. There's more about Daytona and Redbud and his wrist and Glover. Uh, but, but yeah, that's uh, 31 minutes into this. If you want to fast forward 31 minutes in, you don't, they don't show the crash, but they just show David Bailey laying there in complete agony at this Gainesville opener. So, yeah. DNF2 for ninth overall. Yep. Uh, shit kid award. Uh, I hate to do this. He's a good guy, but Burnworth went to Gear Racewear on a Suzuki, and it's just not good. It's just plain. Uh, I don't know. It just, yeah, doesn't look good. Yeah, well, uh, at the same time, I'm about to 
go to the Road to Recovery site, they're doing a giant jersey and gear oh, auction. Oh, you don't want to know what I paid for a jersey. You've already there. done it? Oh, yeah. You've already bid on some of these. Yeah, I, so I was bidding at, yeah. at Hangtown. I'm bidding against some dude who's just not letting it go, and, and the moto's oh. going on, and I got my phone, and I'm trying to tweet, watch, and bid for this jersey. <laughs> Fucking. Really? Yeah, it's just the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, man. You know whose um, jersey it was? You know whose it was? No. Ultra rare. I don't have one, so that's why yep. I went so high in the price. Yep, yep. Bomber. Bomber number nine from this year. Oh, an 85 bomber? Yep. That is super rare. Yep. That is super rare. Yep. So I, yeah, I got it. To I got Barnes. it. Yep. Oh, you won? I won it. Yep. Okay. So there's going to be a gap in some of the tweets while you're busy. <laughs> Bidding. Getting getting the Bomber jersey. Uh, shout out to Brian Barnes, a longtime uh, announcer there at Washougal for putting all his jerseys that he collected through the years up for auction to help Road to Recovery. Um, they have a 1987 Gary Denton, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Denton here, talking yeah. to Wardy. Yeah. Um, his factory Suzuki ATV team gear racing jersey. But, um, yeah, so I cannot, I cannot come down on gear racewear. Cannot do it. Okay. Because of Gary Denton and my ATV roots. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. What, Sorry. Do you have a shit kit or no? Um, No, I really don't because the footage is so blurry. I can't even tell what anybody's wearing. Okay. Yeah, I had to go to Cycle News for the photo, so I'd base it off a Cycle News. Oh, oh, I see. I see, yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, there's some dudes that get lapped. If you go to High Point in 85, there's some shit kids out there, no doubt. (laughs) Footage is a little bit better. And um, some of the chess pros and uh, if somebody can identify this number, uh, we'd be okay. Find out who number 86 was in uh, 85. Okay, and, I'll look. and we'll have one. I got. I actually have the national numbers on Pulp MX for. Oh, you do. Yeah. Oh, every year's national numbers. All right, we'll keep. Uh, uh, keep that's Zitterkoff. Oh, Greg Zitterkoff. Yeah. Congratulations, Z- Zitterkoff. Yep. Yeah, that's uh later later on the factory ATK rider. Yeah, absolutely. Legend for that. Um. Sorry, Greg. Okay. Uh. All right. So you're 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 gonna do that one. Uh. All right. Uh, where's JT? Um. He is. Uh, uh, 85 he's in kindergarten yeah he's four but he yeah. probably went to Gainesville you think he's four years old and Cindy's carrying him around him like a little uh while scoring the race yeah while scoring yep Frank's wrenching on somebody's bike mm-hmm. probably probably kicking him out <laughs> uh okay um and then uh the last one for the Lee at Reraceables the Jacob Marsak award I mean I'd like to just say rollerball but Eight seven at Gainesville for rollerball is kind of a typical finish, so um, he was just that good. Of course, he podiumed a few nationals. So I got to go further down. I got to go Steve Burdett. Uh, I remember the name. It's not. It's, he's not a who's that guy award, but Steve Burdett went thirteen uh, twelve. Um, yeah, I was thinking of that one too. I actually remember him as much for uh, coming back uh, at Loretta's. I think he was pretty good. Oh, really? The okay. Years in, the, yeah, yeah. in the age classes. Yeah. 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 Remember uh, Larry Whitmer, uh, yeah. who's announces at Redbud? Yep, yep. Yeah, I think the, he was referencing him as one of the guys. Whitmer was, there's like a Matt Tedder, or Ted Tedder, as you would call him, Whitmer, mm. Burdett. These are like the legends that have rolled through Earl May, the 50-plus class. Now it's just Brownie, so it doesn't even count. Like, that's just, Brownie's just stupid. Yeah. Um, how good he is. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that with Burdett, but you, you took it, so... Um, uh, I, I really, it, it's odd to me. None of these results shocked me. Did you feel that way? Like a lot of it was like, huh, yeah. that's pretty much where I would expect these guys to go. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can always go to the 500 class 
Tom, Thomas Rice. I don't, again, I don't know who that is. He's from New York, so I'm sure Seth knows. Eighth overall. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't go to 500. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Murphy, who I feel like is still around every once in a while. Come on, Sixth. dude. I, I DM with Mark Murphy all the time. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's still around. Like yeah. you'll see Mark Murphy's name here and there. Is that a is that a uh, Jacob Marsak sixth in the national? Yeah, Murphy's pretty good. He's gotten a lot of top fives in that fight. Right, class. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I honestly didn't find many that. Uh, yeah, maybe Burdett. I didn't find anything that blew my mind. Scooter Stafford is a hilarious name. He finished fifteenth overall, but I feel like Scooter Stafford got in there every once in a while. Yeah, he's Allie's buddy too. Um, him and Allie. Are oh, he's from Louisiana. Yep. 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 They're buddies. So. Yep. I'm not seeing any of the results jumping off the page because okay. I think, yeah, I think that Murphy did those kind of results in 500 nationals. Yeah, oh yeah, here oh there. yeah, no, for sure, yep. absolutely. Uh, Murphy, yep. big, uh, big buddy of Jim Hawley. They're bros, Mark Murphy. Oh, Jim Hawley. oh yeah. Oh, that's a totally different pod. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. That's for the. That's it for the Liat Racing re, uh, uh re-raceables categories. Um, 85 Gainesville Wardy. He's got the record. As we listen to it, he's tied with Jet. See what happens this weekend. I like Jet to take to break the record and go six for six. I like it. Yeah, he's looking good. He's looking good. I, I like how uh, we're now up to Bailey saying riding around hurt means he rode like Jet. Yeah, 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 really, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. Respect even from the old guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks to the sponsors, uh, Liat, Maxis, Scott, Decal Works, Guts. Most of all, thank you, Weech. Well, also, this just in, JT said, I would think I was there, yes. Yeah. He would have been yep. five years old. So, I yeah, mean, think about... He's, it's Gainesville, can, man. Can he run results at five? Would you trust a five-year-old to run results? <laughs> he might have been conceived at Gainesville, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean... Great point, yep. Or born, or both at e- Gainesville. E- either one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, great, great, uh, great to, to have you guys listen to the four. And thanks to Wardy. Good interview. Um, that was great. Thanks, Weech. All right, see ya. See ya.